For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Cow Corner. We're here today to preview the big bash. The BBL is back. It's BBL 10. We're very excited and there's a lot of cricket going on at the minute, but this is a really important bit to, to sit and look at and we're very excited to look at it. I'm joined uh, by Zach. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. As always, I'm very excited to get to just talk some cricket, you know. Absolutely. Just the two of us today as well. Just a two ball. This is, this is going to be, you know, a new dynamic for Cow Corner. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but you know, I think we've got it. You know, we don't we don't need Glenn or Will. We're fine. Absolutely fine. Let's do a bit of housekeeping before we get into BBL, though. Um, the LPL has started, the Lankan Premier League. Um, it, it jars with me they haven't put Shri in front of it, but SLPL doesn't ring quite as well, does it? So they've gone for LPL. That started last week. Um, I can't say I've been keeping a strong eye on it. I've been seeing the results come in. It is on Sky in the UK, if you are a Sky Sports subscriber. Zach. You've been watching it a bit more. What have you reckoned to it? I've seen Sam Patel's been doing quite well. And you made quite a bold claim in our group chat the other day. Could you just enlighten our listeners to what you said? I mean, I'm not sure I want to I want to I want to make that claim in public. I, mean, I, I will. But yeah, it's been it's been really good. There's there's not the big names of the world stage that I think were meant to be playing. Like Chris Gale was meant to be there. Faf Duplessis was meant to be there. Obviously, two of the biggest names in, from the IPL. But they've pulled out. There's been lots of issues with it, some bureaucratic and others, obviously, with the situation in the, with the global pandemic at the moment. But, yeah, Samit Patel's been doing really well. And obviously, England are in are on the lookout for someone who could bowl a bit of spin and bat. So <laughs> you never know. That would be crazy. That would be one of the crazier things to happen in 2020. I really think that if Samit Patel's LPL form got him a, a place in the England T20 side, maybe. That would be crazy. Uh, Shahid Afridi's there as well. Um, he has just left today, actually, for a personal emergency. But he's been doing all right, and we hope he can return quickly because he's been impressing. Uh, Dale Stane's just arrived in Sri Lanka as well to play a little bit out there. So keep your eye on that. Um, there's some good cricket going on over there in the inaugural uh, Lankan Premier League, it must be said. And a quick diversion into football. And now we are a bit late on this. Um, but it's just a joy-filled video of Tottenham Hotspur, the football team, playing cricket during training. Well, not during training, but as a side note from training. A nine-minute video was put up on their YouTube after Deli Ali tweeted a, an amazing catch uh, he took. And he took it off the CCTV. It was fantastic. But I think this nine-minute video has quite a lot to unpick. So let's get into it slightly because, for me, the highlight was left-back Sergio Reguilon, who... Recently signed from um, Real Madrid, Spanish lad, in England for the first time. Probably wondering what the hell was going on. I loved his enthusiasm. He did this thing whenever there was a wicket where he just slide in on his bum. No one's ever done that in cricket, but I think bring it back. And let's let's talk about Joe Hart. Uh, left arm over the wicket. 
a grueling spell to Harry Kane, Zach. What did you reckon? Joe Hart, is he Tottenham's Reese Topley, maybe? Oh, yeah, I love that comparison. Joe Hart was, he really, he set the tone of that spell so <laughs> so early on with the short pitch deliveries. I mean, no wonder Harry Kane looked looked rumbled after that. Joe Hart was unplayable, really. I, the person I really enjoyed was... Um, uh, Doherty was uh, he was testing both edges with the spin <laughs> and potentially could 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 be in order for an island for an island call up for the T20 World Cup next year. Shame he's not English. He could be alongside Sammy Patel in those second spinner stakes. Um, you know, maybe they'll, he'll do an Owen Morgan and, and denounce his Irishness. I, I don't know. But yeah, that was a great video. I urge you to go check that out. And I think from the Deli Ali video, which he put on Twitter via CCTV, just the effort he put into it. He got it from two different angles. He put sort of like a ball tracker on it to show how he caught it. The enthusiasm at Tottenham is fantastic, uh, I've got to say. A few of the England lads um, tweeted back saying we'll have a net in the summer. I do look forward to that. That's the kind of thing that will happen, right? Monty Panasar even got involved and said, Harry, let, let me try and spin one past you. So, you know, plenty to come over the summer between Spurs and England cricket, and I can't wait for it. Go watch it on their YouTube. It's fantastic. Um, that's about all uh, for the housekeeping this week. Let's move on to BBL. BBL 10 is here. It starts on the 10th of December and runs all the way to the 6th of February. And no, we, we kind of banter the IPL for being quite long, but this is this is an outrageously long tournament. Um, delayed slightly. It was due to start on the 5th of November, but obviously with the situation in the world, it's been moved. But um, Cricket Australia did a great job to get this all organised. We've got a 56-game regular season, um, and we're here to preview it all today. We'll go through it team by team, going from last year's finishing position, so starting with Melbourne Stars, and finishing with the Melbourne Renegades. But let's quickly start, Zach, with the rules. And now we alluded this briefly in in last podcast, uh, the new rules that are coming to the BBL. And I just want to kind of dive into them a little bit more and just see what we think about it. Now they've settled on us a little bit. Let's start with the power surge. Now these names annoy me, but let's just take away the, the rubbish sort of advertising around them and talk about the power surge, which is the the traditional six over power play has been scrapped. There's a mandatory four over power play at the start and the remaining two overs can be taken by the batting team whenever they want from the 11th over. I quite like this. Chuck that out there. I think it's going to really change the dynamic of the end of an innings or the middle of an innings with um, the batting team being able to decide when they've got two batsmen set and when they want the field even uh, easier to, to, to pass. So, Zach, what do, you, what do you reckon to the power surge? Yeah, I think I think like you said, it's going to be really interesting tactically how it's used. It'll be interesting to see whether teams decide we're going to go for the last two overs if they wait for that long. But like you said, it seems like the most logical thing to do would be, oh, we've got two batsmen in now. We might as well have two overs of of where we're going to really go after you and just change the momentum of the game. Or potentially it'll be we've lost a couple of wickets. We need to kind of try and wrestle back the game let's let's do this power surge now it'll be really interesting to see how how captains use it or who's deciding obviously we saw some more involvement in the t20s yesterday from the coaches during the game yeah so i i'll be interested to see if it actually aids the bowling team a little bit and if it just frazzles the bat inside's head a little bit and maybe you know they're going really well and they just take it in the 11th and they lose two quick wickets um like you said, tactically is going to be fascinating to see. And I'm sure if it's a success, we might see it in other leagues or maybe even in internationals. I don't know. But I'm not against that one so much. And I'm interested to see. 
Now, the X factor, they've called this one. I'm not sure how much they had to pay Simon Cowell for this, but it's a waste of everybody's time. It's a super sub. The super sub is back. Um, so after the at the 10 over mark, excuse me, of the first innings, each team will have the chance to substitute one of their starting 11. And now this has to be with a player who's been listed on the team sheet as their 12th or 13th player. Um, the player being replaced can't have batted in the match and can't have bowled more than one over. OK, that makes sense. What is the point? What is this going to do to the game? I don't understand it. It's going to confuse. I don't see the need for a 12th or a 13th player to come on. I'm, I can't even see how it's going to be used. This is the one I really don't get, Zach. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I think the way it could be used, I think the batting side is the way it could be used more. Say you had your potentially an either, either an extra big hitter as your 12th or 13th man or an extra uh, kind of more, you know, stable batsman. Because say you lose a few early wickets and you need someone who's going to stay there for a little bit longer. But then obviously it's only 20 overs. And if they're in for the last 10, you don't don't want someone who's going to stay in. But you might want, say, instead of having, say, a team like in the IPL, say Sunrisers have Kane Williamson coming in at four. Say after 10 overs, they haven't lost a wicket. They don't. They would much rather have another big hitter come in rather than Kane Williamson, wouldn't they? I think it's it's a weird one considering they've they've only got small squads in the BBL, so I can't see. I I'd be interested to see how many teams use it because they might just not use it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Is whether it actually get used. I I see your angle there though. I think that's a sensible point that well I've seen an angle in which it can be used. Then it makes sense. And this is the one that I think will be probably used the least. But I'm still interested to see how it goes, despite being against it wholeheartedly. Just put the eleven out and, and get on with it. Obviously, concussion substitutes are a totally different thing, and that's come up in football this week. But, yeah, I don't think cricket needs subs. I think we're fine as we are, but interesting how it goes. And then finally, out of the three rule changes they're brought in for this BBL is the bash boost. So that means there's four points available for winning a match instead of the previous two. So three points are now available for an outright, uh, outright victory, which is one more than last time, which is interesting. We don't often see that in cricket, three points for a win, especially in these kind of uh, double round uh, round robin formats uh, the other point is going to be given to the team who is ahead on the comparison of the 10 over mark of the chase so if you're bowling second and you were 100 for naught in your first innings and the batting team then is 90 for naught you get the extra point so I think that's going to be interesting when it comes to the qualification process those extra little points for losing side could really help I kind of like it and I'm again interested to see how it's going to work. But is this going to allow teams just to win four points, four points and spread the league out too much? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, but, but you're right. It could easily spread the league out more. And also, I think the reasoning behind it's a bit questionable because I think the person behind it said that they didn't like it, that if a team loses three wickets in the power play, they're, they're not going to win. I think that was part of the reasoning behind it, which, of course, you need wickets need to have value yeah you can't just which of course in this sense you could it would make it interesting a team going for the say you're gonna lose say you're five down or six down even and instead of going and trying to get close and and taking it deep like ms Doney loves to do (laughs) you could instead you could instead go for it for the first 10 which i think 
could be something interesting because then it's you're getting one point. It's like when, you know, Stoke used to come and set up for a draw. <laughs> Real dirty cricket. Is that what you're saying? Let's say you're chasing 230 and you're like, are we going to get that? Let's try and just sneak the point. And then if we're bowled out in the, we're bowled out in the 15th, I guess it also gets rid of, are they still going to do net run rate or is that now been eliminated by this new, um, new format? I feel like they're going to have to keep net run rate in case there's a, a tie, right? Unless they take it to a tiebreaker team versus team. We'll, we'll look into that because I think that, that was one thing I was thinking was taken away by this bash boost. Again, I, I think out of all of them, that seems the most interesting one. I, I'm interested to see them all. I think it's going to be interesting. But I don't see it happening in the long run. And I'm surprised the BBL did this. I, I don't understand why they did it. It's, it's a very successful tournament. Maybe they just want to freshen it up a bit. But we will see. And that is a, another exciting thing to come in the BBL. Yeah, I, I mean, I think supposedly from what I've heard, part of the reason is that they have they are not going to be on terrestrial TV in Australia. So they're trying to find some extra reason and some extra way to get kids involved in the game. Very interesting. Great, great work there, Zach. Great bit of research. That That is interesting because I always thought it was on terrestrial telly there. Is, is it always been or is it, is it just moved off this year? It always has been. Oh, wow. Let's go for that. Let's go for that. But... Another thing, obviously, with lack of crowds, they're going to want, well, we'll come on to crowds in a minute, lack of crowds in some areas. They might want to keep people watching at home. There will be full crowds at Sydney and Canberra, as we've seen in the Australia-India series that's just started over there, which is great. Good for Australia. And I can't wait to watch it. If you're in the UK, you might have to get a bit early to watch this, but I'm happy with that. And it's on BT Sport if you have a, a subscription with them. Now, let's get on to um, a play-by-play of each team. A little preview for you, just so you can get an idea of who's going to be competing and who might not be this season. Zach said he's put together his table for the end of this season, which I I saw you put it in, Zach, and I thought, wow, that is bold, because anything could happen from these eight teams. It's franchise cricket. The bad team from last year could be great this year, and you're really putting your neck out. But I respect that, and we look forward to coming to it at the end. But let's start with the Melbourne Stars, who were um, top of the table last year. They finished runners-up, though, and have never won... Uh, never won the BBL and you describe them as uh, the BBL Somerset Zach yeah they are I mean they've they've been runners up three times they even in BBL 8 they were 90 without loss after 13 overs chasing 145 against Whoa. their city rivals Melbourne Renegades and managed to lose wow so yeah it's it's not great for them but they always start as one of the favourites because they have a lot of the Australia one day players they've got Glenn Maxwell Stoinis Zampa Coulter Nile that that's that's an all-star team really and then they've got a couple of the players that haven't quite made it yet but there's a lot of talk about Billy Stanlake is one of those fast bowler and yeah I don't know how they never do it but they're just you know like Somerset they never quite make it just radiating Somerset energy aren't they I love that the real runners-up of BBL they feel like the Mumbai Indians if, we, if we're comparing across the world um, of the BBL because they have that such strong Australian core to them of uh, capped players, the ones you mentioned there. Interestingly, Will Pukowski, uh, Pukowski's in this team. I wonder what he's like in T20 cricket. I don't really know myself, but we chatted about him in the Australia India preview about his um, uh, involvement in the test team, hopefully coming up because he's been lethal in the Sheffield Shield. If we look at their overseas players, um, they did have Johnny Bairstow, but he now won't take part because of his likely addition to the England Test squad to tour Sri Lanka. That leaves them uh, with Nicholas Puran, 
Zahir Khan uh, of Afghanistan uh, and Dilbar Hussain of Pakistan, of which I don't know much about. I've not heard much of him. Nicholas Puran's a great addition, though, as an overseas player. For me, this team's just so strong on the Australian level that I can see why they're favourites. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you said, like Nicholas Puran's a great addition to that team. He he had a fantastic second half of an IPL and seems to be kind of going from strength to strength. Zahir Khan's an interesting one because he's another another young Afghanistani spinner. I don't know how many they're going to try and play at the World Cup next year, but I'm, I'm hoping they just <laughs> spin, spin, spin. But yeah, because they, they had Sandeep Lamachani, the young Nepalese spinner, and he was really good for them last year. Took 15 wickets and was a big part of their attack. So Zahir Khan's got kind of big boots to fill and he because he did play last year, but f- played for the Heat, I believe, and yes. was okay, but wasn't wasn't the kind of attack leader that that Sandy Lamachani was. And he'll still be in the league, uh, Lamachani. He's gone to the Hurricanes. They've also lost Peter Hanscom to the Hurricanes uh, and Harris Ralph, who I don't think is in the league this year. Uh, the Pakistani seamer, um, Glenn Maxwell's in some stunning form for Australia at the minute playing against India he looks outrageous and I, I do like the look of this team but you know we'll come to your prediction at the end Zach but again do you reckon it's just a bit of a a culture around that franchise that they're not going to quite get over the line yeah I think I think I think they're not going to quite get over the line again and also uh, Australia playing New Zealand in a one day series in January so that that takes out most of their stars uh, Maxwell Stoinis and Zampa uh certainly going to be in that squad if the, if it's an expanded squad a call up as well did you mean that pun you just said there they're going to lose some of their stars the stars are going to lose some of their stars if you didn't well done i loved it i hope you picked up on that at home um but yeah i, I agree and i think this team's just got that that sort of air around them and they're going to lose a lot of people as the tournament gets interesting there which sucks for them especially if they start so quickly uh, coached by David Hussey and I quite like their kit I like that green they wear if, if we're talking really just aesthetically here I've obviously run out of things to say because I've just started speaking about their kit so let's move on uh, last year's second place team the Sydney Sixers now I say second place second place in the league they won it last year uh, last year's champions um, your team Zach your your boys now talk us through why you are a follower of the Magenta Men so I am a follower of the Magenta Men because back in 2012, when the the BBL it was BBL two, so I've been a, I've been been a fan of them for a long time since <laughs> You've been day there one. Since day one, yeah. Yeah, I went to Australia to visit my auntie and uncle, and we went we went to a Sydney Sixers game. They lost to Hobart Hurricanes. I I didn't really know what it was then, but you know, <laughs> it's interesting that now we're talking about it. <laughs> They've made, they've made some great signings this year, though. Um, Dan Christian's come from the Melbourne Renegades. Mitch Stark's playing for them, who, who will be unbelievable when when they're allowed him, when, when they can have him. And Carlos Brathwaite, who I love as a cricketer, I thought he was great in the commentary box this summer on BBC Test Match Special. Uh, offers a bit of everything, really. A, a good all-rounder. Only a medium pacer, but an interesting one. I'm sure he doesn't like being called a medium pacer. That's their overseas look. What do you reckon to their sort of Australian core in this Sydney Sixers team, Zach? Yeah, well, so Moses Enriquez has play, been playing in the ODIs for Australia. Hasn't really lit them up, but supposedly he's in he's in the best form he's ever been in. He could be... It, well, he's not been called up to the test squad, and that is a bit 
that's caused a few shocks across Australia. But he's a really good captain, a really good leader for this team. Born in Madeira, the Portuguese island, interestingly. That's has very a interesting. Portuguese name, so that's that's something interesting. Uh, they've also got Josh Philippi, who I've spoken a lot about on this podcast, so I won't go much to him. But <laughs> if you wanted to watch him where he where he is at his best, this is where to watch him at his best. Cue a run of single-figure scores there. But... <laughs> Uh, my my pick of players to watch from this team is Lloyd Pope, the uh, 21-year-old leg spinner, who is a lovely long ginger locks. He took he took eight for in an under-19 World Cup game back in 2018, and took his maiden five for in the Sheffield Shield in October of this year. And he was he was pretty good in parts last year, and I expect more from him. Great, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for him. I'm sure I'll be able to miss him with ginger locks you described so eloquently. Uh, Overseas-wise, there's a bit of English interest in this, uh, in this, as there is across the BBL this year. Tom Curran will be uh, a Sydney Sixer, has quarantined after England's tour of South Africa. He is involved in the 50-over tournament, so I imagine he'll have to miss the first couple of weeks. They've got James Vince as well, very interestingly, who does very well for Hampshire when he plays in, in RT20 Blast. So I think that's a good addition. And as I mentioned, Carlos Brathwaite from the West Indies. What are your predictions for this for this team, Zach? I know they're your team, so this might be biased, but are they making your top five, which is the qualification? And what have you got for them trying to make a good run and, and do it back to back, which has been done before? Yeah, I think I think they've got a good chance of making that top five. Of course, there's a good chance for any of the teams if when it's five out of eight. But yeah, um, yeah they've they've made a lot of other teams have kind of moved a few players around they haven't lost too many players and they've just kind of built on that core dan christian like you said great signing just won the blast with knots carlos brathwaite really good player and yeah vincent curran both played in a little bit last year so it'll be interesting to see how they go definitely and and your team so we'll follow them very closely as this bbl progresses over the many months that it's occurring before we move on to the adelaide strikers let's just chat about qualification and playoffs for the BBL so you know you know when we're chatting what teams are looking good uh, different to the IPL in that five out of the eight eight teams qualify for the playoff stages and the playoffs run uh, in four sections they've all got pretty little names which I like uh, the eliminator is the first one in which fourth play fifth pretty simple knockout game the winner of that goes into the qualifier slash knockout phase in which they play the third seed the winner of that match will play the loser of the first seed and the second seed. So that would leave you with potentially the third or the fourth seed playing potentially the first or the second seed in the challenger game. And then the winner of the challenger game moves into the final. The most thank you, Zach round of applause there. It's, it's not great to articulate There's a great Wikipedia page for this. If you want to see it more visually, the quickest route to the final is finishing in the uh, one or two seed winning that game. You're in the final. Um, And as well, interestingly, because of COVID, a lot of neutral grounds going on here. So they're sort of grouping it in areas of Australia that are safer to be in right now. It's starting in Hobart and Canberra, then moving towards Sydney and Melbourne for the end of the tournament. Let's move on to the Adelaide Strikers. They finished third last season, but got knocked out in the playoff stages. Um, Sussex by the Gold Coast are, this guy, are these guys because coached by Jason Gillespie, Danny Briggs, Rashid Khan, Phil Salt all make this squad. I wish I was an Adelaide Strikers fan, but I'm not. Shortly, do I like the look of this team? Yes, simply because Rashid Khan's in there. What more do you want from that? 
I think they've made some great signings in Danny Briggs. That's some astute business. We've spoken about him on the pod before, how underrated he is. Uh, Matt Renshaw from the Heat, uh, a good Australian player. And then sort of that core of Peter Siddle, uh, Alex Carey, Travis Head. I like the look of this team, Zach. What do you reckon? I, I think, you know, they're flattered to deceive, as you said before we started recording, that they're the underachievers of the BBL with what is a good team. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see how they do. Um, obviously, we'll be keeping a keen eye on them with Phil Salt and Danny Briggs there because Phil Salt's played last year and was very good. And obviously, Rashid Khan is always is always very good. Uh, I mean, it'd be, interesting, I, it'd be interesting how they do because Travis Head and Michael Neese will both be lost to the bloated test squad. So yeah. may fall may fall victim to the... I'm not sure what we're going to call it. The bubble, the bubble theorem, where they are in a bubble for a test match but don't play many test matches. Maybe we can call it something to do, something to do with Jack Leach because he he spent the whole summer in the bubble and did nothing. Maybe we'll call it the Jack Leach curse. I, I don't know, something along those lines. Basically, wearing blue gloves and doing keepy uppies while he could be playing cricket, right? Yeah, exactly. Travis Head will probably play in the test matches, but Michael Nisa is unlikely to 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 kick out one of Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood or Mitchell Stark, really. So, And then away from those guys, then I don't see much depth in this team, simply because I don't recognise most of the players' names. You know, hands up, my Australian sort of county club level knowledge isn't that great. Harry Nielsen, not not the singer, Harry Nielsen as opposed to Harry Nielsen. Wes Agar, any relation to Ashton, do we know? And like I said, Matt Renshaw, which is a decent signing from the Heat. So I agree that those losses to the, the bloated test squad, as you said, might affect this team. Um, as for the England boys, Danny Briggs is never going to play for England again on an international level, not because he's not good enough, because he's a bit old. I'm, I'm putting my foot down there. Uh, Phil Salt, though, I think if he has a good tournament, there's no room in this T20 side, as, as we'll come on to in our, in our next pod uh, at the weekend. But he was in the sort of ODI training camp that happened over the summer of this year do you think a good tournament on a big stage here could see him force his way even further into the the national side I mean I think I think for a squad place there's no I don't think there's a place in the side at the moment in that t20 side Mm. but he could be if he has if he has it's not just going to be a big good big bash if he has a good big bash potentially gets into a gets into a squad for some ODIs against India, then play, plays really well in that, then he could get a place in the squad for the T20s. But it's it's looking difficult now for him, for next year, this is. But, you know, he just needs to keep whittling away, keep working away in these uh, in these franchise leagues and showing he can do it on different types of surfaces in different countries, and he'll get there. Yeah, I like the optimism there, Zach, I really do. I'd love to see him in an England shirt. Uh, so that's the Adelaide Strikers. Let's move on to the Hobart Hurricanes, who finished fourth last year and were knocked out in the Eliminator, captained by Matt Wade, who I'm guessing won't get to play much, right? Because he'll be in the Australia stuff. So that'll be interesting to see. Tim Payne is listed in the squad, but again, he'll only be available toward the end of the tournament because of, again, Australia commitments. This is kind of an ongoing thing with every team, isn't it? Which I'm finding quite interesting is who's going to deal best with the loss of the Australian players? Uh, I guess we get that in the UK too, the T20 Blast. What do you reckon to the to the Hurricanes, who, by the way, are my team? I support the Hobart Hurricanes, simply because they're purple. That's my favourite colour. That's how I chose. I do it with a lot of teams in the world, and it is what it is. Like I said, I wish I was a Strikers fan, but 
you know, I put my flag in the Hurricanes. What do you reckon to this team, Zach? Their, their Australian talent looks pretty good. James Faulkner and a few others. And I like their international signings as well. Yeah, I think I think they're another one of the sides like the Stars that are often one of the favourites coming into the tournament, but don't often do it. They've got, so like you, you, you said, they've got a couple of the players that will be going over Australia, but they've also got a fair few of the players who won't be, but are, you've got the experience there. Like you said, James Faulkner, Darcy Short was meant to be the answer to everything about five <laughs> years ago, and is usually the answer to lots of things in the Big Bash. Peter Hanscom played in the Ashes last year. And then Riley Meredith is the interesting one. He made he made the squad for Australia coming over to England in the summer, but he didn't play a game. He's a 24-year-old. He's been described as very fast, so it'll be interesting to watch him. And he hasn't he hasn't yeah he hasn't made an Australia debut, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes in this. And then there's obviously well I mean we're going to come on to the the fact they've got the best T20 batsman in the world playing for them. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? And that is. That is my sort of saving grace as a Hobart fan. As I get to support and watch David Milan play, he's on my team for this tournament. Um, today he just hit the highest ever ranking for a T20 player, like whatever number they assign them. After his amazing 99 not out against South Africa, which we'll have a special pod on coming up over the weekend for you to enjoy. So we'll get way more into that. And yeah, they've got some great overseas talent. Colin, uh, Colin Ingram from South Africa, who is a great middle order batsman. Again, I've been around a little bit. Zach, you said he, he feel, you feel like he's played for Somerset at some point. He's definitely been in, in the blast at some point, right? Uh, Kimo Paul from the West Indies uh, and Will Jacks from England, who was in a lot of, well, in all three of our England third T20 sides from the last pod. I can't wait to watch him play overseas. Is this his first time in, in, in the BBL? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just... It shows that the, the the blast does have some kind of some weight in the T20 world because last year we had Banton had a good blast, got a got a BBL contract and look where he's gone in this year. Will Jacks again had a really good blast. He he bowled he bowled a fair bit in the power play, a bit of spin, good like top mid, like higher middle order batsman. It's a really good player and an interesting young player to keep an eye on because, you know, England are looking for that second spinner, as we've said multiple times. That would be fantastic. We've got a real list going on of England's second spinners now. Will Jacks, Samit Patel and Matt Doherty, who's Irish. That that really is the depth of English spin bowling at the minute. Uh, Sandeep Lamachane, the Nepalese uh, spinner who you mentioned, who they signed from the Stars. Uh, what should we be looking out for him? Is he, is he a leg spinner, did you say? Uh, he's he's another one of the new brand of of young leg spinners who's leg spinner got a, got a very good googly and really good. I think he's he's. I mean, I, I feel a bit sorry for him, and I hope Nepal can do some can do some things. But he has he has tested positive for coronavirus yesterday, so I don't know how long he'll be out for. And obviously, it's not that he he'll have to quarantine for two weeks wherever he is, which I think he's on a training camp with the Nepal squad. And then he'll have to quarantine for two weeks when he gets there. So we might not see him for a while, but he was really good for the Stars last year. So Yeah, that could be a really long delay. That, that's so interesting. Probably at least a month. And we're, what, a week away now from the BBL starting. So that could be well into the tournament before the Hurricanes get to use him. Interesting, though, I like the squads. Um, I like the kit they play in again. I love the Blundstone Arena. Great stadium. Hobart seems like a pretty wild place. I've been to Australia. So excited to watch them this year. Fourth last year. I reckon something similar this year. And then I guess it's anybody's game in the knockouts pretty much, isn't it? 
let's move on then to fifth place from last year and it is the thunder the sydney thunder who got knocked out in the challenge round last year after finishing in the final playoff spot decent signings again this year in sam billings from england great to see if he gets a good run in there and ben cutting the australian they've signed from the heat now this team also features alex hales as their overseas player and adam milne from new zealand that's very nice i like that a lot as for their australian um sort of showing names i'm recognizing in front of me chris green Callum ferguson and usman kawaja but i don't know what, what do you reckon to the thunder who, who squeezed into the the playoffs last year oh you've you've forgotten to mention the hero of our of our podcast daniel sams there oh i miss but, daniel sams of course oh well they're gonna win it then that's it the top top wicket taker in the tournament last year with something silly like 30 wickets really i I missed that i was not i was obviously not on the planet for that yeah so daniel sam's hero of the podcast fan (laughs) of the podcast i've heard as well (laughs) yeah so it'd be really to see if he can if he can do do it again and also chris green i think chris green's a really fun cricketer to watch he didn't get a chance he signed for my boys the kkr in the ipl didn't get a game but a big hitting spinner all rounder is just it's always a lot of fun. It's why yeah. we all love Moeen, really. Yeah, so exactly. Really fun to watch him. And of course, Alex Hales is consistently really, really good in the big bash. Hit five hundred and seventy six runs last year at thirty eight with a strike rate of one hundred and forty six. So that that's really good. And Sam Billings, I really hope once he's freed from England duty, this is, of course, that he has a good outing. Because, again, there could be a place. There's a place in this England squad for him at the moment. But there could there could be a place. There could be a place in the England side for him if we move things around. Yeah, if we really want to make space for Sam Biddings, I think we could. Again, much like Tom Curran, he's involved uh, with England in South Africa. So he's probably a couple of weeks into the tournament before he can play for the Thunder. Yeah, I, I think they squeezed in last year. Maybe they will again. Those stats from Alex Hales are outrageous. And... He seems to just get on well over in Australia and his whole relationship with England is very strange at the minute. So I think it would take something outrageously impressive, even more so than last year's figures, to get people talking about him again over here. Okay, so that's the Sydney Thunder. Let's move on to the the team that didn't make the playoffs last year, which seems really hard, by the way. I think obviously three teams have to come fifth, sixth, uh, sixth, seventh and eighth. But it's just like, damn, you you couldn't even come top five. It's not even you haven't even come top half. Uh, it's the Scorchers we're going to start with, the Perth Scorchers, coached by Adam Vogis. Sixth place last year, so no playoff performances for them. As for their overseas, we'll start with them. A lot of English interest in this one. Joe Clark, Liam Livingston and Jason Roy, as well as Colin Munro from New Zealand, which oh, that's fantastic. He's great to watch back. Loads of English talent in the, in the BBL. Before we come into the Perth Scorchers, we spoke about this before we started recording, is it's interesting seeing the BBL where the overseas players come from it's a lot of new zealand a lot of england a bit of new zealand and then a lot of afghanistan you know nepal a few pakistani players it's interesting how different it is to the ipo in that in that sense yeah it is interesting i think one of the interesting things is the way that because the tournament goes on for so long players don't play the full tournament a lot of the time like joe clark um is is the replacement for jason roy until jason roy arrives and that's kind of happening in a few of the teams because of the way that quarantine's working. But it, it happened last year as well. 
Brisbane Heat had Tom Banton until he had to go for England duty and then they got A.B. de Villiers in. So I think players sign contracts for a few games. It's kind of actually something similar that happens in... It, happens in the, it certainly happens in the county championship in England. It happens in the blast a bit as well, where players will come for a bit of it or come for the second half. And I think it adds another element because you don't just have those... You don't just have the same players. You've got some players coming in or players leaving and you kind of have to... I don't know, it can, obviously it can just completely change the balance of a side. There we go. That's the first balance of the pod, everybody. About 35 minutes in. Not too bad, Zach. Well done. This team does feel balanced to me, though. Uh, the overseas players I mentioned there, Joe Clark, Colin Monroe and Jason Roy, are all new signings. Geez, Jason Roy is, is struggling at the minute. He's in some really terrible nick. And again, we'll come on to this on the weekend's pod about England. He's just looking terrible. They're not going to get him for a while, though, and maybe he'll play himself into some form. But away from their overseas players, um, some really recognisable Australian names in there. Fawad Ahmed, Ashton Agar, Cameron Bancroft and Jason Berendorf, to name a few. I don't think they're going to lose too many of these guys. So this looks a strong team. And then Mitchell Marsh in the middle of that is a great all-rounder. Andrew Ty as well is a great bowler. Are they going to lose too many of these guys, do you think? Do you think this is one of the stronger of the Australian sort of strongholds of a team? I mean, the only person from this squad that's made the Australia squad is, is one of the ones who I don't think's actually ever played a game for the Perth squad just before, young Cameron Green, who we spoke yeah. about in the last podcast. But yeah, they've got they've got a fantastic side and so many of these players have such have international experience and they also I feel like a few of them have a point to prove to those international selectors. Cameron Bancroft seems to have been forgotten about almost. Uh Jason Roy, of course, like we said, potentially has a point to prove to himself secure his place, play himself into some form. Mitch Marsh, fantastic player. Jai Richardson and Andrew Tyre, two fantastic bowlers who, again, aren't really getting a look in in the Australia side, but have got the quality. So, yeah, this for me is my outside pick to win the tournament, potentially. Ooh, well, I like yeah, that. I really like them. Although they, were, they finished sixth last year, I think there's going to be a big improvement. And yeah, like you said, the... Colin Monroe, Liam Livingston and Jason Roy, they're all they're all really good players. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get on. I'm so excited to see Liam Livingston um, playing abroad. I, I only ever seem to catch him when he's playing in the Blast, and he's he's awesome, isn't he? So that would be great to see. And I think you said it so well, that that Australian lineup are like on the fringes with a point to prove and then also won't get picked. So that's kind of perfect if you're a Scorchers fan, because you're not going to lose them and they're angry. So, yeah, I think they've got to improve on that sixth place. Um, well, they obviously have to to get in the playoffs, but I think they have to because look at that squad. And they probably will. And I like that outside pick from you, Zach. Uh, we'll, again, we'll come on to your final table later because I can't wait to see you tie yourself in a knot in about a month's time. So let, let's move on uh, to the team that finished seventh last year, the Brisbane Heat, uh, coached by Darren Lehman. Oh, God, he's, he's fun. Um, the cheater. I, I, I'm just going to say it. It's fine. I, I'm still bitter from that. Anyway, so I'm not supporting the Heat this year anyway. However, let's look at some England interest in this one, which again is vast as it has been across this IPL. Tom Banton's there. Oh, Lewis Gregory. There's no reason for me to like this Brisbane Heat team. I'm sorry. Darren Lehman and Lewis Gregory. No, I'm done. Dan Lawrence is also there. And Majib Uraman, uh, the Afghanistani player. Are there overseas options? Uh, and then you've got uh, Joe Burns, Manus Labashane, Mornay Morkel, interestingly, who isn't classed as an overseas player, interestingly. Um, he'll be great. That's a great bit of business. And a big turnover at this team. I'm looking at the ins and outs, and 
while they've lost six players, they've also signed five new ones. Uh, Lewis Gregory and Dan Lawrence have never played for the, the side before. Now there's more name Morkel. And they've lost the likes of Cutting and Pattinson to other teams. Okay, apart from the fact I dislike Darren Lehman and Lewis Gregory massively for no particular reason, well, on the Lewis Gregory front anyway, what do you reckon to this team? Oh, I've just spotted Chris Lynn as well, who is a BBL legend, really, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, Chris Lynn has the most sixes in the tournament ever, as in, in total. And I think he has he has something silly like double the second best. Jeez, so that's like, outrageous. Yeah, for me last year, this was, this was my second team because they had Tom Banton. This yeah, was, this is back when Tom Banton was was pure Tom Banton. When you had Kirsten, ruined him. Yeah, before, <laughs> well, yeah, when I had Kirsten as well, and he was he was fantastic. And then obviously they've signed another Somerset player in Lewis Gregory. Be interesting to see how he does. For me, the most interesting overseas signing is is Dan Lawrence because Dan Lawrence we think of, I mean, in England Test terms, as he's kind of like the next in line to get a chance if you know if someone if someone messes up or has a bad run of form. But I don't really think of him as a T20 player, but he does. He, he's always done well in the blast for Essex. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes here. And yeah, like you said, Mornay Morkel is a local player. I think his wife is Australian. So oh, is that how they, they squeeze that in? Then that's 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 cool. Yeah, because he he was. I mean, he's played for Surrey, obviously as a South African as a coal pack because they they love South Africans at Surrey <laughs> and Hampshire. Um, but yeah, so. Morning Walker's a class player, so that'll be a really good one. I think one problem for them could be that Mitch Swepson, their lead spinner, is in the test squad. Manus Labashain as well. I really want to see Manus Labashain crack it at T20. He hasn't really yeah. yet, but I really like him. And I love I love a player that plays across all three formats. And I feel like we we get less and less of them in the in these last few years because when is Manus Labashain going to have a chance to play in T20s? Not that often, really, and I think he's a good candidate for those one of those players that can get an ODI test and T20I 100 that you had a great quiz on a few pods ago. He's obviously got a test 100. He must have an ODI 100 by now. So, OK, he's only one away then. He's only one away. So some good form for the Heat, could see him get called up for that Australia T20I squad, which would be great. And like you said, yes, yeah, Swepson's going to go, Labashane's going to go, Joe Burns is going to go. So they're losing a fair amount of players there. And losing their, their their top spinner is going to hurt. But yeah, I follow the BBL Instagram and Chris Lynn seems to be on there every day. There's a Chris Lynn highlight, a Chris Lynn six reel, always on there because he does hit some outrageous shots. And then, yeah, hopefully Tom Banton can find some form. And this has got the makings of a team that's better than seventh. Again, I look forward to seeing your uh, predictions for that team. But yeah, my enemy team really with Gregory and Lehman in there. So let's hope they make it one worse this year. And come eighth. I, I don't know. I'm being mean for no reason. You've got to have an enemy. This is the pantomime villain. It's Christmas time. There's got to be one of them. Right. Final team to look at. They finished eighth last year. It is the Melbourne Renegades. Coached by Michael Klinger. We'll start with their overseas interest. Noor Ahmed from Afghanistan. Mohammed Nabi from Afghanistan. Riley Russo, the South African. And Imran Tahir is getting a, another run out, which is great. Love to watch him play. He didn't get enough IPL my liking so let's hope he gets a few more games in the bbl they have lost dan christian which i think is a big loss we mentioned he's now at the Sixers, but again i like those overseas players and marcus harris aaron finch sean marsh kane richardson they might lose a couple too many australians what do you reckon to the australian base though yeah i mean i think they are my least favorite team they play in red 
I don't really like. I don't know. And, well, do you and not like Finch, red as a colour in general, or have you got like a football thing going on there? Is there like a? It's like a lot of City fans can't buy anything that's got red on it or something like. That. I mean, yeah, my least favourite football team are Man United and have always been. So they and they, they wear yeah. they wear red and black, so it's very much Man United. <laughs> they they don't play like Man United though. Well, I mean, they play like recent Man United to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, they shouldn't. Hopefully they won't. They shouldn't lose too many of these players. Kane Richardson looked really good in that Australia, that Australia England series. The little yeah. bit he got, really good death bowler, and it's usually really good in this. I, I think Nor Ahmed's the interesting one. He's 15 years old. Is, is he? Is he? Is is it legal what? for him to play? Yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. Surely he can't. He can't go to any of the post-match celebrations. No. Will his mum? Do you reckon they're paying him like whatever the minimum wage is, like six dollars an hour or something over there? Because he's only fifteen, he's probably a bargain. Yeah, well, on the same day they announced Nor Ahmed, the fifteen-year-old, and Imran Tahir. I think he's forty-two now. So that was just <laughs> that was a brilliant day. It's the father-son renegades then. That that he could legitimately be his father. Nothing wrong with that. That'll be fun to see. And I, I do hope Imran Tahir gets some games, as well as Mohammed Nabi, who we call desperately for in the IPL to play for Sunrisers and he didn't get much. So I expect him to play plenty for this renegade side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. Cause we really wanted him to play. I mean, I, like I've said, I have a big thing for spinning, big hitting all rounders. So that's, yeah. He's speaking, that. speaking of spinning all rounders, what my, my young player to watch in this team is 18 year old Jake Fraser McGurk, which is a great name. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of talk about him in the Under-19 World Cup earlier this year, but he had to leave early because a monkey scratched him whilst they were visiting a nature reserve on the tour. <laughs> so, what a really story. interesting to see how he goes. A lot of hype around this kid. And, yeah, hopefully there's no monkeys in the bubble. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're not allowed in there. I'm, I'm almost certain. Who knows, though? But that would that would suck, wouldn't it? That's a big stage to, to get taken off, isn't it? Because the monkey scratched you. We'll, we'll look forward to seeing him then. Hopefully he can make up for that. Does this team look like a better than eighth team to you this year? It, for me, I don't know. They don't look great for me. If Tahir's off, then they haven't really got much of a spinning option. But I do want to see Tahir take more wickets so he runs around some more. I do like him when he does that. What do you reckon to this team, this team's prospects? Yeah, I mean, I, I've put them higher than eighth in my... And my thing, I think they could sneak a playoff place. Depending, on, it, it just depends how those Australia players play. I think Kane Richardson's just so key. Yeah. For them. So if he performs, and well, obviously the thing is, if he performs early on, he then gets picked for the ODI squad for the for the New Zealand series. So they want him to perform quite well, but not quite well enough until the end when they pick that squad. So it's kind of a bit of a balancing act. And James Pattinson as well had a really good IPL. So if he continues that form, but doesn't, you know. It's this balancing act between players playing quite well, but not well enough to get in the ODI squad or the such T20 a, squad. Such a fine line, isn't it? It's kind of counterintuitive if they play well, but obviously you want them to play well. I'd want them deeper in, in the season, though. So let's say they play rubbish for the first month and then really come into their own in January. That's when you might find that right line. Uh, I think that's been a trend throughout this whole sort of preview, Zach, is which of these teams has got the best Australian base and which of them will keep hold of them the most. So let's come on to this this well-teased eight you've done. You've given us the league and how it's going to finish this time in sort of late January. What have you gone for? Why? And it's OK if this is horribly wrong, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it anyway. Go on. 
So I've gone at the top. I've gone for the Melbourne Stars. I think they're going to do exactly what they did last year. They they flew out the blocks and then they lost loads of Australian players and <laughs> couldn't go over the line in the end. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my pick for top of the league. Not winning it, though. Mm-hmm. My pick for second are the Perth Scorchers. We've spoken a lot about how they've got a really good Australian base and they won't lose too many of them. I think that's the real key. Or they shouldn't lose too many of them, depending on how mad Australia go with picking a big squad. So they're they're my second and they're my pick for winning it. Then I've gone third. I've gone for the Sydney Sixers. I think, again, they'll be good. They've not had too much squad churn and they've made a few astute signings. Then fourth, I've gone for your boys, the Hobart Hurricanes. We'll take that. Again, yeah, they've got they just they've got a good squad of Australian players. They've got Darren Milan, who, depending on England's schedule, could be there for, for most of the back end of the tournament. So that would be really interesting to see. Then fifth, I've gone the Renegades up from eighth last year to fifth this year potentially. Yeah, just because of those Australia players who who probably won't get nabbed, and they've got Nabby. Wow, that was cool. Love that. Fruit. That's twice you're doing this pod. Stars and Nabbing Nabby. You're just a natural, mate. Yeah, and then sixth, I've gone for Thunder. Slightly worse. It was quite hard because I kind of... I, I, I was looking through this and I was like, I think all of them are going to do well. I think all of them are going to do better because <laughs> they've all got the potential because, you know, they, the squads are relatively balanced. Uh, they, that happens throughout all of these tournaments, really, where they have this sort of thing the same with the IPL all the squads are kind of balanced it depends who you know who finds their form at the right time because these games come so fast and also it's such a long tournament yeah seventh I've gone strikers I think this the the loss of Travis Head and Michael Neese is really going to affect them and then bottom I've gone for I've gone for the heat they weren't very good last year although I know I kind of hate myself for for saying it just because obviously they have two Somerset players but yeah I think they're going to finish bottom I just think that sums up a lot about the Somerset psyche is that as you see two of your lads go overseas and go, right, that's, that's, that's last place for them. Uh, I agree with the teams that aren't going to make it into that playoffs. And I, I think you make a great point that on paper, these squads all have their pros, all have their cons. And it depends on form of all these players, especially their overseas guys, who from the Australia squad, they're not going to, sorry, who they're not going to lose the Australia squad. And then, you know, the playoffs of that top five uh, knockout games, pretty much. So whoever can play the best knockout cricket. We did see in the IPL that the best team eventually won. I think we all agreed on that. And I'm going to I'm gonna say the Stars are going to break their, their duck and they're going to they're win one this year. I think it's just about time for it. And it, it only makes sense that a team with Glenn Maxwell, as well as he's playing now, is going to go and win it. I, I hope so anyway. And I love that the Heat are bottom because I, I hate the Heat. Let's hate the heat, guys. That's my that's my prediction as well. So Zach, we'll have that written down. It's on record now, and we'll come and kind of you know assess that about halfway through. Uh, we'll have a little uh, review podcast of the BBL, but that's about it. You've had the rules, the qualifying process, and our preview of each team. You said sorry, Zach. You, who was your winner again? Who was your outright winner? Perth Scorchers. Okay, we've got Scorchers and Stars as our predictions. Look forward to that. You know, the trend on Carol Corn has been that we've been wrong quite dramatically a few times. We'll kind of help that with the Sunrisers, but let's see how we get on with this. Uh, it starts on the 10th of December. It's on BT in the UK at about, I don't know, what, 7am, maybe a bit earlier. 
get up early if you want to watch this. All the highlights will be on BT as well. Runs to the 6th of February, so we're going to have plenty of time to, to sit and chat about this. Follow the England boys out there. Again, this is from the England perspective, but wherever you're from, plenty of Afghanistani players out there, New Zealand and South Africans, and obviously we'll get to see some great young Australian talent. Uh, and there's a lot of cricket going on at the minute, so plenty to follow. That'll about do it for this episode. We will have a review of the England-South Africa T20 series coming for you on the weekend. And then we'll also have a review of the Australia-India white ball series coming up for you at the end of next week. It's, it's relentless stuff. So thank you so much for listening to Cal Corner. We'll be back over the weekend. Thank you for listening. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.